Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Exodus 25. This is a really interesting thing to keep in perspective here as we begin to see God giving Moses on the top of the mountain instructions on building the tabernacle and collecting the supplies for the tabernacle. It's interesting to think about the dwelling place of God as it relates to man, even in history to this point. So in the beginning, there was a garden and Adam and Eve were in the garden and God was with mankind in the garden. And unfortunately, when mankind sinned, they were removed from the garden. But God's original design was that he was dwelling amidst the garden with Adam and Eve. The proximity of God to his people was very near. But due to sin, there needed to be a separation or there was a separation that took place between man and God. And now, up until this point in history, uh, there is a great gulf between God and man. And even as God began to intervene significantly in Israel while they were in Egypt, and through the plagues and then through the Passover, and now at this point, as we've been going through the book of Exodus, and we've seen how God is interacting with them in the desert, he is showing himself as a consuming fire and he's revealing himself more directly to Moses and the people would have to camp far away on the base of the mountain and they would see God's power on display. But there was a distinct separation between God and man. Well, the beauty of the story of the tabernacle is that God, even with a sinful man, is going to find a way to dwell in the midst of the people. But it's not yet going to be like it was in the garden where his proximity was right with mankind. Yet he's going to come and camp. And now imagine that. Imagine you're following God and this um, God who's revealing himself on the top of the mountain is saying, I want you to build me a structure and I'm going to make my presence known and dwell among you. Now, if you're familiar with the tabernacle, and we'll be learning more about this in the weeks to come, there was a, it was a gated tent-like structure. So there was an outer gate and the common man couldn't come inside that gate. The priests would do the ministry inside the gate. But then inside that, that fenced area, then there was the tabernacle, which was a two-chamber tent inside the fenced grounds. And there was a holy place in a most holy place. And the priests could come and minister in the holy place, and then only the high priest could go in the most holy place, the inner part of the tent. Uh, so there was a there was a great hierarchy and a great um, proximity change. Meaning, you know, you'd have the people camping outside. The priests could come inside the tent. Some could go into the holy place, and then finally, just the high priest in the holy place. So there was these divisions is regarding the proximity of God, yet God was going to place that tabernacle in the middle of their camp. And all of Israel, once this is completed, would camp around and they would face their tents so that they could see God's presence in their camp. And what a, what a reassuring and comforting thing that would be. Imagine that, like having God in your camp and, and all the nations around who would see them camped around their tabernacle and see the smoke coming up over the 
most holy place of the tabernacle, and it would show that God was in their midst. God was coming near to them. God was going to dwell among them. What a beautiful thing to have God dwell among us. And we take that for granted today, that in today in the church, first of all, we have Jesus who came to be with us like almost like the garden. I mean, Jesus was, he was in, 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 with man on earth, his proximity, God came right near again, incredibly. And then after he paid for our sin on that cross, now he literally tabernacles or dwells in the church, in people who believe his Holy Spirit comes to take residence. And the full story of the Bible is that one day when Jesus comes back again, and eventually he's going to usher in not only the millennial reign, but the new heaven, the new earth, and God's going to dwell and there's going to be another tree in the garden just like there was in the beginning. So it's interesting to follow history and see how God's proximity worked as it relates to man throughout history. And we're seeing a different season of that now where God's going to dwell in this tabernacle. So with that said, let's go. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. And they're going to get together and we'll see this more glory in this later in, in this book. But from every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair, ram skins, dyed red, purpose skins, uh, porpoise skins, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and the breastpiece. Let them construct a sanctuary for me. Now listen to this, verse 8. This is, this is, this is going to be the glory of Exodus and how this book ends. Now, it's not happening yet. This is just the instructions to build it. But he's telling them, when you get this place built, listen to what it says in verse 8. This is a, this is a glorious verse. Let them construct a sanctuary or tabernacle for me that I may dwell among them. Can you imagine hearing for the first time that God's going to come and dwell among you? <laughs> Incredible. According to all that I am going to show you as a pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furniture, just as you shall instruct. And the interesting that now he begins to give Moses this instruction. And the very first thing that he gets instruction for is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is going to be placed in the most holy place. It's where God's presence is really going to be revealed in the most holy place of the tent that's within the gated fenced area. And this is going to be where the mercy seat is. And it's also going to be a ark that's going to hold some things that are going to be a testimony or a remembrance of things that God has done that they're going to place inside of this special ark of the covenant. Um, this is the, the most special part of the tabernacle because God's presence dwells amongst it. So here are the instructions for it. Um, they shall construct an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide and, and another half cubits high. You shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it and you shall make a gold molding around it. And you shall cast four gold rings for it and fasten them on its four feet. 
and two rings shall be on the side of it, and two rings on the other side, and you shall make poles of a acacia wood. Now, they were supposed to handle this with great care because this tent, its structure is going to be packed up and moved, and they're going to have to pack up, move it, and then re- reset it up as they move through the desert and ultimately into the promised land. And they're supposed to keep these poles in the Ark of the Covenant. There was supposed to be great care. So the poles would go through these holes in, 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 in the rings, and that way they could carry it. And they were never to take the poles out because the care for this thing was supposed to be very significant. And this will come up many times as we go through the history of Israel in this season of, of, of their journey. You shall put the poles into the rings and the sides of the ark to carry the ark with them. The poles shall remain in the rings for the ark. They shall not be removed from it. You shall put it into the ark of the testimony, which I shall give you. Great care. You know, this is going to be where God dwells. Great care was given not only to the construction, but also to how they were going to care for this. Uh, It would show their reverence and honor of God, the way they cared for all these things. You shall make a mercy seat. Now, this is the the place of propitiation. This was the place where God required the blood to be dripped on the mercy seat, and that would be how they would be atoned for their sins. Now, there was many sacrifices that would take place throughout the year, but on one day a year, the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter the most holy place, and he would sprinkle blood on the top of this mercy seat. And the Bible says that that's what God did through Jesus is he sprinkled his blood to forgive us once and for all. Hallelujah. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide. You shall make two cherubim of gold, make them of hammered work at as the two ends of the mercy seat. What we're going to see as we go through too is just the, the craftsmanship and the people who had skills in building things. And, you know, I've, I've come to believe that, you know, one of the most significant ways some men, some women serve God is working with their hands and creating things. And, you know, man, we have, we have uh, quite a few different structures at our church. We own kind of a building, a set of buildings, four buildings where in our church is in the largest one. And there's men all the time working on roofs and, you know, taking care of maintenance and stuff like that. And they're doing it to honor their Lord. They're serving. And, uh, you know, here we're going to see people serve God and honor God by using their skills to make this this dwelling place for God. Make one cherub at one end and one cherub at the other end, and you shall make the cherubim of one piece with the mercy seat at its two ends. The cherubim is like angels on each side of this mercy seat. You shall have their wings spread upward, covering the mercy seat with their wings and facing another. Um, So God is making this really special place. Now listen to this. You shall put the mercy seat, verse 21, on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony which I will give you. So they're going to put the two stone tablets that God is giving them of the law in there and other things as well as we'll see. But listen, at this place of mercy seat in the most holy place, there I will meet with you. And from be- above the mercy seat and from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak to you all about all that I will give you in commandment for the sons of Israel. God's going to speak to them from this place. He's going to dwell among them and be with them and speak to them from this place. 
but it's only going to be the high priest that's going to be able to go into that chamber and only and only one day a year. Isn't it amazing how things have changed in the church age? Because now, through believing in Jesus, that place that the only high priest could go, the temp, the veil's been torn that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And now God's spirit resides in everyone who believes. That's why we're called a kingdom of priests, because only the high priest could have that presence of God. Then, now all who believe in Jesus are born again, have the spirit of God, and we have been allowed to be in the presence of God, and he is inside of us. It's incredible how things have changed from then until now. But when we see what it was then, it helps us to appreciate more, even more now. But for them, God was going to move from the top of the mountain to the to their camp through this tabernacle. So they were blessed too. You shall make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long. This is the table of showbread. Um, verse 24, you shall overlay it with pure gold. And they're going to put, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to put bread symbolizing 12 loaves of bread, symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of the things we see in this bread is that Jesus is the bread of life. And it, this is all a symbol of that. And how now we also learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every uh, word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And all of this is is interesting. You know, the priests would eat that bread. Uh, they were able to eat of those loaves of bread. I believe that was on the Sabbath that they would eat those. But then you shall make a lampstand of pure gold, uh, verse 31, and its base and its shaft are to be made of hammered work. Now, they're gonna. this is going to be the menorah. And it's going to be what's going to light the holy place in the in the the room where the table of showbread was, so that the priest could see. And it's going to be a, a seven, which is seven different you know lights, lamps, and they're going to be provided for with oil, and uh, you know that are going to hold in the gold um, things to hold the oil, so that these lamps could be lit and light that. And it's going to stay lit. They're going to keep it lit all the time inside the holy place. And and now we've learned, for those of you at Crossing Community Church, we're going through the book of Revelation right now, and we've learned that the lampstand represents the church. And there's seven letters to seven churches, just like there's seven bulbs in this, seven burning you know, aspects to this golden lampstand that's going to be in this holy place. Seven is the number of completion, so it represents the fullness of the church today, and it's going to be lit forever. And Jesus is the light of the world, and he's the light of the church. There's just so many things that foreshadow uh, Jesus and foreshadow the church. But here's the light that's going to light the way inside that holy place. Um, Now, listen to this, verse 40, to close this chapter. It says, See that you make them after the pattern for them which was shown to you on the mountain. So literally Moses is getting a vision and an instruction from God as to what the pattern of these things are. And he's going to come down eventually from this mountain where he's with God for 40 days. And he's going to give the guidance instruction to Israel to build it after the pattern that God is giving him. And it's going to be special. Uh, It's going to be special for them to hear about how God wants them to build a place where he's going to dwell among them. And uh, they're going to respond in a beautiful way. But there's so much more to the story that we'll see in the chapters to come. 
So, um, you know, take pleasure and joy this morning that God came to dwell with Israel, but even more so now that we live in the church age through Jesus Christ, that because of the forgiveness of sins, there doesn't have to be a fence. There doesn't have to be a two-chamber tent. Because Jesus shed his blood to forgive us of our sins once and for all, God has now come to dwell by spirit inside of his church. And one day God will dwell with us again directly, just like as he did in the garden. Such a beautiful thing, such a great hope that we look forward to in the future. God bless you all.